Okay, so today and most of the days this week in the past few weeks, I've been realizing that the direction I'm going in, you know, I was so, I was so just, I was really like, so I'm looking for, I was weary. I was definitely weary of going this direction because I felt like God was definitely telling me which direction I should be going in, that I'm going the opposite way. And I feel like Jonah, but at the same time, it's like, like sometimes it's so hard for me to, you know, understand what God really wants for me. Like, even though he's telling me exactly what he wants for me, everything around me is making it so hard and making it so impossible. And I know everything is possible with him, but if that's the case, then why is he making, why isn't he making it possible for me? And I understand that it really does look like, you know, honestly, he is kind of trying to make it possible for me. But it's like, not trying. When God does something, he doesn't try. He does it. But, you know, I understand he's making it possible for me. But still, at the same time, I don't understand how, you know, he expects me to be able to, you know, I'm just one person. And even though he has such high hopes for me, like, Sometimes I'm just crying out to God, like, God, I can't take anymore. I cannot do this. Like, I need your help. I need you to walk me through this. I need you to grab my hand. I need you to pull me out. I need your help. Like, you're going to let me die here. And it feels like he just ignores me. And, you know, me having so much faith in him, I want to believe, like, he's having, you know, he has so much faith in me. And he knows that I'm strong enough to handle it. He knows I'm strong enough to make it through. He knows I'm strong enough for this task that he has handed me that I don't need to be pulled out, that I actually need to be, you know, left there so that I can fight my way out because that's what's, you know, that's where my breakthrough is when I fight my way out and when I get out, when I actually win. But it's like, honestly, like, I don't, I, I sometimes wonder if God would really let me just, you know, drown. I sometimes wonder if he would let me. And it's like, the reason why I even have to say that is because I feel, I definitely know that he wouldn't. But sometimes I wonder if he would, because it's just, it's like he's provided no way out of this for me. And the only way out of it is, you know, I guess through it. And then when I'm fighting my hardest and giving it everything that I have, literally, to the point where I'm passing out on the floor, to the point where I've been starving for three days and I can't even barely get the, you know, not starving, fasting, but to the point where I haven't, I haven't ate or drank for, you know, the most 10 days and I can't even get the energy to walk to my mailbox like to the point where I'm never getting any type of sleep any type of rest where it's getting to the point where it's getting so close to you know what's the point like and if not what's the point of life what's the point of living what's the point of what's the point of even worshiping god what's the point of even believing in god what's the point of even trying and i don't want to allow satan to use me i don't want him to feel like he has an end i don't want to leave a door cracked for him to sneak in and make him feel like he can actually convince me any of these things but 
I don't know. I just, I, I don't get it. It's like, I know my journey is different. I know my journey is unique. I know my journey is, you know, for me specifically. And nobody else, you know, nobody else's journey, I can compare mine to. But so many different times I see other people's journey. I see other people's walk with God. I see their situation. I say, well, they're able to do all of this and then still worship you and not draw, you know, and not, you know, you know, not be far from you. They're able to, you know, balance all of these different things like work and family and, you know, worship and praise all at once. And they're able to do what all of that. And, you know, they're not held to the standard you holding, you're holding me to where I make one mistake and, you know, Literally, I just like it's the one thing that I've noticed out of all of this is that like everything that I'm doing is being confirmed that I was right before, you know, I I went through with these things like getting a job because I felt like once I get the job and I start working a job, then maybe I'll see that, you know, it was just fear or it was just me, you know, being paranoid super paranoid about everything maybe I can balance them both other people I know are close to God that he has shown me and they are able to do this but he's also shown me different things he's shown me that they are not as close to him as I am and can be and it's because of these things but at the same time it's not like it's I think it's more of the battle is me not wanting to give up you know my place with him and also wanting to be able to survive in this world because my place with him means no survival here. It literally means all means of survival here being pretty much obliterated because that's what Satan does when I choose him, when I draw nigh to him, when I'm trying to be as close to him as possible, when I'm trying to be where he wants me to be and in the place that he wants me to be in. You know, Satan is always trying to cut off my resources. And it's not that, you know, like I've I've been in a place where I've allowed that. I've been in a place where I've let Satan cut off every single resource I've ever had. Everything. And I'm still there. But because I'm not able to continue to survive like this, like what am I supposed to do? Like am I literally supposed to die here? I get the message, don't die here. So what do I do? What do I do? Like, I'm trying my best. I'm trying not to die here. But I'm wrong. I'm wrong because I'm trying to survive. And it's not It's not even like, I don't want to make it seem like, you know, I don't want to sound like one of those people who's leaving out, it's, you know, very important details. He told me not to get a job. He told me not to be in this world, not to be of this world, not to worry about, you know, money or food or any of that stuff. But he also left me in a situation where, you know, the longer I'm here, the more I suffer. I need to get a job. I need to get out of this situation. I need to go. I don't need to be here. I don't. And I've prayed so many different times like, God, please. Take me out of this situation. God, please remove me from this situation. God, please move me, move me. I don't want to be here. Move me. And I've prayed so many different times and I don't get an answer to that. I'm not getting an answer to that. He's not responding to that. But then he'll respond to me getting a job so that I can move myself. He'll respond to 
you know, me, you know, kind of just getting a little bit more comfortable with not dying. Like, I'm supposed to die. And everybody else is supposed to watch me die while they laugh. And that's what God wants me. That's where he wants me at. And I can't do that. I can't do it anymore. Like, I've even tried to do that. And at this point, I'm like, I'm almost regretting that. I'm almost regretting ever even wanting to be that person for God because it feels like, and you know, if all of this stuff that I'm getting is true, then that means, you know, it's a lot of stuff not right about this. And that's why it's so, that's why I still go through with things. Even when I get the message, don't do that or don't go that way or don't do that. It's like the reason why I still do is because it's like, so what is true? Because if the other message about, the fact that, you know, you're letting me starve and die while other people take different things from, receive different things from Satan. And that's okay. But you just don't want me to because you're jealous. And I get it. Like, that sounds really dumb, right? It sounds really stupid. Like, what? why would you want to accept anything from Satan? God will provide everything you need. So then why is he letting me starve and die? homeless while all I have to do is accept just a little bit all I have to do is accept just a little bit of power from Satan and then as soon as I have the audacity to look that direction then he shows up where were you where were you before why does it take that to get your attention why am I wrong at this point if you know, if that's what gets me sent to hell, then I, you know, I don't know what wouldn't. I really don't know what wouldn't get me sent to hell because it's been that though. I'm not gonna say it's that's new. It's really been that. I've really been considering that and really contemplating if that's like really the case the whole time. Like it's like if these little things that I do are disobedient enough to get me sent to hell, then overall, you know, it's really nothing that I can do to not be sent there. And that's a lot of times, I, not just for me, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to just put that off on only me. I don't want to just make that only, you know, the, excuse me, the only specifications for me, only the situation for me, only the case when it comes to me. No, other people too. And I will be specific. I'm just not going to be specific. But so many people, I've seen the way that they move, and I've seen the things that they do, and I say, you know, God will say certain things about them, and I'll say, that's so odd that, you know, the little things, out of all that they're doing, out of all that they're trying to do for your kingdom, the small things get them sent to hell. When there's people over here who hate you, who do nothing for you, and the small things get them into heaven, what is that? What is that? Now, I get it. Simply put, you know, God, he loves a repentant sinner. He loves a repentant sinner. And he works He works in mysterious ways where people who are super wrong, you know, they have a good heart deep down and God wants to give them another chance. And shouldn't they receive mercy and grace? Just like the people in the city of Nineveh. Like I said, I feel like Jonah lately. Shouldn't they receive mercy and forgiveness 
as much mercy and forgiveness as we have all received. And just knowing that he's a merciful and gracious God, shouldn't they receive that? Of course, that's not my issue. My issue is when it comes to me, I don't get that much room. If I ever, ever in my life even think about doing something of that manner, of that nature like them, even though I wouldn't, I'm I'm going to hell. You've made that clear. But them, you know, they don't care if they do go to hell. And they move like that. And it's not even that it's not even that they're headed. They just want to go hell like they just walking right into hell. It's just that they don't care. That's what they decided to do. They decided to disrespect you. They decided to idolize other guys over you. They decided to choose everyone but you. It's almost like I'm in the midst and I've said this before and I hate to I don't want to slip back and, you know, to what my old thinking but it's almost like I'm in the midst of this war between God and Satan. And I'm just a casualty. And then I'll get the message from God. And if you are, well, if I am, then, you know, what do it matter? Nothing that I, does, nothing that I can, can and will do matters anyways then if I'm just a casualty. Nothing matters anyways. Like, I might as well do whatever it is that helps me to survive in this. Because there's no reason for me to be. The main thing I think about every single day, when I think about what God is requiring for me in this situation, the main thing I think about every single day is, if this is what he is requiring from me until however long it takes for him to get back. And then he's not being clear that that'll be soon. Like some sometimes he's like, yes, that's going to be very soon. And other times he's like, and if it isn't, it, it could be, you know, for the rest of your life. And it's like, if it's the rest of my life, I can't do this. That's why. And I don't care how that makes God feel. I don't care how that makes anybody feel. Because at this point, it's really too much for me. Like at this point, it's getting to the point where it's like, like, why do you want me? Why do it feels why does it feel like God is pushing me away? Why does it feel like God is pushing me away? You know, I hate to make it sound like, you know, this is one of those situations where it's like you're crying out for attention because you're not getting the attention that you once had. And I hate to make it seem like it's that. It's just that it's not really that. I'm still getting so much attention. It's just all the wrong attention. And I'm never, I've never been the type to act out because I need the wrong attention because the wrong attention is what satisfies, you know, my dire need for attention. No, no, I don't, I'm usually the one who don't really want it. I don't really want the attention. Like I do like attention, but it's probably for my accomplishments, my achievements and the different things that I'm doing well. And if it takes for me to act out and do all this stuff to get that attention, I don't need that. That's not, that that attention ain't equal to me. It's not equal. The attention for the good things, it's more substance to that. And I like that better. So, why does it feel like for me, I'm getting pushed aside. You're okay. You got, you got enough. You're good. And it's like, am I really? Because if I'm crying out and I'm saying that I'm not okay and I'm not good, you're supposed to. You, God, who knows everything, are supposed to know that. You see that. You understand that. So I feel like if God sees me, he understands me, and he knows everything that I'm going through, then the message is clearly, you know, 
since he works in mysterious ways, is the message keep pushing through and keep going through that because that's why God is leaving you in that? Or is the message stand up for yourself and do whatever it is that makes you happy and makes you comfortable and then let God work around that? Why are you always working around what God needs you to do? Work, let him work around what you need to do. Because maybe that's the message. Because there's been different times where, first of all, if I'm going to say from step one, I wasn't, you know, I made time for God. I made time for him. And I hate to say it now because it sounds so bad, but I made time for him. And then I started putting myself on a schedule where every day I would make more time for him and I would try my best to never miss that time I had set aside for God. But it wasn't about, you know, am I on a schedule with God? It wasn't about, you know, am I trying to prove that I didn't miss something? It wasn't about, you know, somehow being somehow putting God on this schedule or on this calendar where I just can't miss this for God. It it seems too uniform. It's scripted. No, it was just because my heart, my soul needed that time with God every day. That's what it was about. Genuinely. To the point where like, I noticed a little bit in my soul that I'm like, wait, I missed my time with God. And if it, it, it started to get to practiced and planned and it's like I hear God saying is it for that time that that schedule that you have for it or is it because your soul needs time with me is it because you need time with me is it because you love me which one is it because I don't appreciate it if it's just because this is on schedule I'm not a it's an appointment but I'm not an appointment for you When you really love somebody, when you really love something, when you really love anything in this world, your heart, your soul, everything in you craves it, misses it, calls out to it, and can't miss it. You're running to it. You're not saying, oh my gosh, you know, I think I I missed my time with it. You're not forgetting. You don't forget. When you love something so much, you don't forget your time with them. You don't have to be reminded. That's what God was saying to me. And I realized, like, you're right. You're right. And I noticed certain things where I was, like, saying to myself, I did it. I finished a plan today. I did it. I finished the scripture day. I did it. You know, I spent my time with God today. Good for me. You know, go sticker. And it's like, no, it's not supposed to be I did it. Like, this is not a job. This is not work. This is love. And when you spend time with somebody, you don't say, I did it. Not when you really want to spend time with them. Not when you really love them. When you spend time with somebody and you really love them, you don't want to leave. Every single time you're away from them, every single second you're away from them, you're thinking about the time, you know, passing with whatever else you're doing so you can hurry up and get back to them. That's what it's like when you really love somebody and where your soul craves them. That's what God was saying to me. 
I don't want that schedule. I don't want that planned. I don't want that, you know, scripted love. I want that natural, authentic love where your soul craves me. And it's not because you thought to yourself, I'm not on schedule and that's going to mess things up or I need to keep this on schedule. I need to be there on time today. No, it's because your soul says, what's missing today? What did I, what, what am I, what am I missing you don't even have to add to what it is. You know what it is. I'm missing God today. My soul craves his presence right now. I need that peace. I need that love. I need that knowledge. I need that truth. That's where I need to be right now. Why haven't I got to that today? No, it's not even a why haven't I got to that today. It's how long, not how long. I need to get to that now. I'm there. I don't want to leave. You make time for what you want to make time for. You make time for what you love. So when you're forcing a schedule or forcing a script, just like when you're an actor and you're on TV, if it sounds like you're reading it from a script, nobody likes you. You're not no one's favorite actor. They can't act. But this is not acting. This is real. But what I'm saying is it's all about the authenticity and us really like I have to feel like it just flows. I have to feel like that when I'm watching you on TV. I have to feel like that, you know, when you're reading or anything. And I don't want to make it, I don't want to compare it to fake things because this is the truth. So let me compare it to something real. That one person that you love in life, that one person you can't do, you can't, you can't go a second without thinking about. You love spending time with them and no time is enough. That's what it's like. You're not ever saying to yourself, oh, I got to get that done today when it comes to spending time with them. You're not ever saying, oh, I miss my time with them, you know, and you forgot. You really forgot. No, you're not ever doing any of that because you're craving them so much that you rather miss time somewhere else than ever miss time with them. And if anybody says they don't know what this is like, they're lying. That's what God wants. God wants that genuine love. He wants that love where you don't forget. You can't forget. It's just different. It's just different. It shouldn't be scripted. It shouldn't be scheduled. It shouldn't be planned. It shouldn't be a calendar, you know, notification it shouldn't be none of that stuff it should just be your heart remind you so i noticed that i noticed that i was back and forth where when i was with god or when i you know would spend my time with god I would be reading my Bible and I would be spending time with God and I would be so fulfilled in what I was doing. I would feel so much love and so much, you know, just I would feel so drawn to God in my heart while I was reading my Bible that oftentimes I will forget the time I spent in it. And I, you know, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't ever want to put the Bible down. I would I could do this all day. But then the other part of me, which I know is the devil. Because he's very, he's so very sneaky. The other part of me would always be like, 
okay, that's enough time with him. Like, haven't you spent enough time with him? Or the other part would be like, you know, okay, you got enough done today. Like, you, you can say you did it now. The other part is also like, you know, put the Bible down. Like, you're done. You got, Now you can do something else. You accomplished that. You did good. That's, you know, gold sticker. So now you can go do something else you really want to do. Right? And all of that after you read your Bible. And then my heart is calling out like, no, I really just want to keep reading my Bible. But I keep getting this mess. I keep getting this, you know reminder this just calling just this pull this tug like but what about this or what about that or all their fleshly things it's like you could be doing this you could be doing that hurry up and finish that so you can do this and it never should be your your time should never well god should never be let me hurry up and finish so i can get to what i really want to do that should be what you really want to do so i get that so god would always say don't you notice that can't you, can't you, like, I know he knows I can't hear him. I know he knows that I can't see him. I know he knows that I don't understand that I'm actually, you know, nursing this demon, nursing this evil spirit, nursing this unclean spirit. He he knows that I don't, I can't actually see that part. But he is saying the part that you can see, can't you see that you really want to stay? Or you're supposed to really want to stay? But instead, you're rushing through, not even really getting the messages I have for you like you once wanted to, like you once did. And you're rushing through to say, I've done this, so now I can go do what I really want to do. As if you didn't really even want to do it. And if you don't really want to do it, then why are you? Because if it's just for some sort of self-gratification, you have your reward. That's all you'll get out of it. And me and God had this conversation many times where I kept telling myself, I'm going to get better, God. I'm going to get better. I'm going to do better. I'm going to do better. And things did like kind of get worse. They were kind of getting worse. And then I started asking God to help me with it. I'm like, God, help me. Help me to be better. Help me to get better. Help me to not, you know, put you on a schedule. Help me to not be looking at this time with you as if it's like scripted. Help me, God, to not pull away from you and think that other things that, you know, aren't as fulfilling as you are. And you know I feel that and you know I love you like that. Help me to know, God. Help me to know because I need you and you know that I need you. And I know that this is not me. I know that that's not me. I know that that's not what I really want to do. I know that this is what I really want to do. And I know that I'm coming out of this. I know that I'm coming out of that that attitude, that personality that makes me feel like sin or any other thing outside of you is what I'd rather do. It has come time. It has become like certain times have presented itself where God has even compromised with me. Like, no, just listen. Don't leave from away from me. If anything, if anything, and this is, I feel like, the worst kind of person for even even having to put, ever putting God in this position. But God's so merciful and gracious and understanding and loving that this is the person that he decided to be. Or this is the one he decided to be. He said, just do whatever it is that you're doing, you know, while you spend time with me. 
just don't not spend time with me. And if you're saying, if you're saying, what is it that you could do while you're spending time with God? Really anything, but it was at this time smoking weed. I would always say I need to hurry up and finish my scripture or finish my verse or finish my Bible, you know, my Bible time so that I can smoke this blunt because I don't want to do, I don't want to smoke weed while I read the Bible. I don't want to be high while I read it. And God would say, it's okay. He would get to the point where he said, okay, because he said, I don't want you to keep pulling away from me, giving me 30 seconds to a minute to three minutes, maybe even five at the most of your time so you can hurry up and rush to go smoke. If it's spending, if you're spending more time with me in the process, okay, then come high. Because you're coming out of that. You're coming out of that. And the more time you spend with me, the more progress you make. So even if I'm coming high, he's telling me, you know, in two to three years, you're not even going to be smoking weed at all. And this is at the time where I can't go a second without being high. So that's why he allowed it. That's why he allowed me to come high, even when, even though he was the one who put it on my heart. Do you really want to be in the presence of God high off weed? Do you really want to be reading your Bible, smoking a blunt? Is that really what you want? And so I started saying, okay, I'm going to put the weed down. I'm not going to smoke. I'm not going to think about it or I'm with God. Then it got to the point where the devil is just enticing me, enticing me. You're blunt. You're blunt. You're weed. You read. Aren't you ready to smoke? Aren't you ready to smoke? And I was kind of addicted at this point. So God was like, okay, because now you're rushing through your scriptures and you're not even getting the message that I want for you. At this point, it's not even a point you're reading at all. So if it really helps you to be more engaged and to spend more time with me, then okay, then come high then. Do it at the same time because I'd rather you be here than to not be here. So it sounds bad. It sounds so bad. I'm sure a lot of people will be like, why didn't you just stop smoking? Okay, don't you think I thought of that? Don't you think I tried that? Don't you think I wanted to stop smoking for God? If anybody is willing to, you know, even read their Bible, you know, while they're smoking or put their blunt down to smoke or put their smoke down to read the Bible, then that's because they really want to do it. Because there's way too many people who say, I put the Bible down before I put the blunt down. If I can't smoke weed and read the Bible, then I'm just not going to read it. So many people would easily say that and not even think twice about the other options so clearly i really wanted to be there i just had an addiction i needed to shake and it's not just an addiction it's a demon so god allowed it he allowed it only because he knew that i felt chained to that addiction he knew that I felt that it was no way out. He knew that I hoped and wondered and dreamed like if it was ever going to come a day or be a day that I actually wasn't smoking weed or cigarettes or drinking alcohol and that I could actually be in God's presence sober, 100% sober and soaking up the word of God freely without being bothered and or enticed into in any other thing focused on him and loving my time with him and never wasting a second of it embracing all of it and he said you will i see it that's why that's why that's why he allowed it 
that's why he was patient with me. That's why he was okay with it. And that's why, you know, ultimately, it didn't, it, it still didn't sit right in my spirit being high and smoking my blunt while reading the Bible because I did that multiple times. It really didn't sit right with me. But at the same time, God will always reassure me because that's, you know, you can't worry either. Worry is a sin. So I would be worrying a little bit about it. Like, even though, you know, he'd rather me be here reading my Bible than not reading at all in order to smoke weed. Even still, he's comforting me like, it's okay. I know you don't see a day you'll ever be able to put the blunt down. I know you've tried multiple times. I know you feel chained to this addiction. I know you're depressed because you feel like, you know, you don't, you're not going to have an easy or normal life because you can't stop smoking weed and you're addicted to these things and it's been since you're young and now you can't even think of life without it. I know, but trust me, you're coming out of that. You're coming out of that. And he said this to me three years ago, four. And now I don't smoke weed. I haven't smoked weed in a whole year. Well, it'll be a whole year. In two months. And I haven't smoked cigarettes in almost a whole year. And I haven't drank hard liquor in so long. Honestly, I drank hard liquor uh, once this year. But mostly it's just wine. And I'm coming out of that till he said it. <laughs> so... At this point in time, he got me fighting every demon. He got me fighting all demons off of me. So many different demons, you know, that I, you know, I'm thinking my biggest demon is weed or cigarettes. And then he's not, you know, then he reveals to me there's different demons that I have, like porn addiction or love and hip hop and Instagram, YouTube, Facebook my cell phone, all these different things. And, you know, I did think that my cell phone was at one of like one of the things on the top of the list for one of my biggest addictions, definitely because every single day I woke up, I would first thing I would do as soon as I opened my eyes, where's my phone? And I would reach over, it's right next to my pillow. If it's not right next to my pillow, I'm panicking. It should be there. And every single time I did that, Every single morning I will open my eyes and do that. God will say, you don't think that's kind of weird? You don't see anything wrong with that? The first thing you're, you're, you're looking for is your phone, and the first thing you're wondering about is your notifications on it. And the first thing you're looking for after you f- figure out your notifications in your phone is Instagram or Facebook. You don't see anything wrong with that? Then after that, it's the blunt. Then after that is how much more weed you're going to get later on in the day or whatever else you decide to do with your day. Regardless, that's the first thing you do as soon as you open your eyes and you don't see nothing wrong with it. And I was like, yeah, God, I see something wrong with that. I'm like, what can I do to change it, though? Like, I don't know. You know, I know I could put my phone down completely, but come on now. Like, how likely really is that? I put my phone down for five minutes and then I'm looking for it. Like, and it's without, you know, I do it habitually. I do it without thinking. Sometimes I put my phone down and then I'm like, where am I? And then next, you know, I'm picking it right back up. 
And the only time I'm really ever even here is when I'm in my phone. What do I do? How can I change that? Can you help me? Because that's the only way I'm coming out of this. I need your help. And the Lord is like, you're coming out of it. But what you can do is the first thing you do when you pick up your phone, you know, and early in the morning, because the first thing you're looking for is your phone. Well, how about the first thing you do before you do anything else? Instagram, Facebook, texting anybody back, calling anybody back. First thing you need to do is open up your Bible app and spend time with me. Let that be the first thing you do as soon as you pick up your phone. Like, literally. I know that the first thing you do when you pick up your phone is unlocking it. But after that, first app, first thing you touch on it needs to be the Bible app. And I started doing that. I started reminding myself every morning. Okay, the first thing I'm looking for is my phone. But the first thing I'm going to do on it before I go on Instagram or anything is a Bible app. And so many times I accidentally just clicked on Instagram without even thinking. I thought to myself, wait, nope, Bible app first. Got to, you know, got to gotta spend time with God first. And I didn't want it to be scheduled. I didn't want it to feel like, you know, forced or anything. But I started after you force it for a little while. You you might have to force it for a little while because that's that demon you fight. But after I got used to doing that, well, it took a while to get used to it. Even still today, I almost still slip up sometimes and click something else. I'm supposed to be on my Bible app every morning, first thing. And what happened was I started to lose my time in the Bible app like I, lo- like I lose my time on Instagram. When you're on Instagram, you're scrolling through stuff, and next thing you know, three hours pass. Where did the time go? I just picked my phone up and scrolled on Instagram. Next thing I know, I'm, I'm on here four or five hours. I started doing that with the Bible app, except for, you know, yeah, it was time like that, but it wasn't like four or five hours. I have yet to get to that point. Actually, that's a lie. I'll be lying. I'm actually, I've actually been at that point lately where I'm spending so much time in the Bible that three, four hours pass. I'm just like, whoa, where did the time go? I'm three, four chapters in, and I love it. I love being lost in my time with God. I really do. The problem is, for me now, when I come out of it, when I come out of my time with God, God's like, never come out then. But that's, like, I don't want to say it's not logical. God is logical. God is real. He's the truth. He's everything. He never lies. But it's like, I would have to come out to use the bathroom. I would have to come out to eat. I would have to come out to, you know, work or do something, you know, that requires maintenance for, you know, just living other than the Bible. And what he's been teaching me lately is that, no, you don't. You could sit in your Bible all day, every day for the rest of your life, never thinking about using the bathroom, never thinking about eating, never thinking about sleeping, never thinking about anything else but the Bible, and you would never need anything but that. It'll be your food. It would be your energy. It would be your clothing, your shelter, everything you need. That's what the Bible would be. When Jesus went into the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights he didn't have shelter 
He didn't have water. He didn't have food. He didn't have friends. He didn't have nothing but the word of God. And it was everything he needed for 40 days and 40 nights. And even after 40 days and 40 nights of that, he didn't go get his own food. The angels brought him food from heaven. They brought him water from heaven. So that still is the word of God. Everything that you need. Maybe it's not specifically the word of God. It is now. It's in the Bible. But at the time, it was God. It was the word of God that provided. It was nothing but the word of God that provided for him. It's possible. It is possible. Anything is possible. Really. Especially after everything I've seen. Anything is possible. Wow. I've seen some things. But... Regardless of anything, I say all this and I can feel that the Lord led me to say all this and the Lord led me into this message. But I say all this to say that lately I've been getting the message, you know, that what I'm doing is not what God's called me to do. He's calling me to draw nigh to him. To come into him and to get closer to him. And that requires sacrificing everything it is that I'm doing. Everything. The phone, the job, the food, the sleep. Everything. Even, like, I'm, I hate to ever tell anybody this. Even put the Bible down. And... That sounds crazy. Like, no, that's a that's the devil. God would never tell you to put the Bible down. He would tell you to put the Bible down and pray. He would tell you to put the Bible down and worship. And that's what he was telling me to do. Put the Bible down and just worship me. And just praise me. And don't come out of that. Because if you do that, I will heal you. I will cleanse you. I will renew you of everything that you have been subjected to your entire life. I mean, every medicine you've ever took here on earth. 